I'm going to be talking on the life of Joseph. Come on. Yes. Come on. We all know the life of Joseph. Uh, we're going to read Genesis 37. I'm going to skim read this because it's a long passage. So Genesis 37, 2 to 10 and 18 to 28. Uh, I'm always like conscious about people who who's in the church for the first time, never been to church, and it's like, who, who who's Joseph? I don't know. Um, so we're just going to give you a background, we're just going to give you context. All the Christians here have been going 20 years, they've heard it so many times, but who, how many of you knows that the Word of God is living and active, and it always comes alive. You read a certain passage, and you're like, oh, you know, I don't know the story, I, I flick through the next page, but I wonder if God's going... Stay there, stay there, stay there for a week. Stay there for a week because just dwell in that passage. Look at that story, look at his life again, and then just see what I will say to you through Joseph. So Genesis 37, uh, we begin verse 2. So he's 17 years old. He was feeding the flock with his brothers, um, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and sons of Zilpha. These are like his half-brothers. Uh, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Ah, <laughs> man, oh, do, I, do I stay here? Joseph is a man of integrity. Joseph didn't shy away. Joseph was an honest man. He was a transparent. He was, um, you know, he didn't lie. He didn't lie. If he sees something wrong, he will raise it to his father. He was basically a grass. <laughs> and, <laughs> but a good one. Now, verse 3. Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. So he was his favorite. We've all got favorites. Uh, Stephen, are you, are you the favorite? <laughs> Can't see your other two brothers say, so yes, you are. You are the favorite. <laughs> but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more, oh, also he made him a tunic, a, um, like a beautiful robe, a beautiful, colorful robe of many colors. And then his brothers saw that their father loved him more, and then they got jealous. They, could, they hated him and could not speak kindly to him. Now, Joseph is a dreamer. He had a dream. I love how, you know, Joseph is, I, I was raised as a Christian. I went to Sunday school. You know, I, um, yeah, I didn't like, like, all the adult stuff. So I'm like, let's run around outside. It was that. And then Sunday school teachers would bring me in. But Joseph was one of the first stories that, that I heard and I learned. And I, I almost memorized. And I'm like, oh, I love, tell us the story of Joseph again, mom. Tell us the story of Joseph again, teacher. Joseph, I was always told Joseph is a dreamer. So he had a dream, told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, right, hear me out, hear this dream. There we were, all of us, binding sheaves in the field. Then my sheaves stood up, and all of your sheaves bowed down. And his brothers said to him, hang on a minute. Why go on with this? <laughs> oh, uh, what's going on, for, for those of you who don't? <laughs> Don't spend too much time in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Is it like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you think we're going to bow down to you before you? Is this your dream? Pfft, what kind of dream was that? Uh, this is, this is, uh, it's quite debatable because some people say, maybe you shouldn't have shared a dream with the wrong people, you know? Because not everyone's going to celebrate with you. Not everyone's going to celebrate your wins. Not everyone's going to hurt with you. Not everyone's going to cry with you when you cry. Some people will stomp on you when you're already down. But you know what? That's the work of the enemy. That's, that's not us. They can do whatever they want. We have no control over their response. 
but it's only us and what we bring, what, who, what our relationship with God is like. That You know what? I'll hold on to this dream. God's given me a dream of having a house with no mortgage. Guess what? I'm going to claim it right now. God's given me a dream of being healed from cancer. I claim it in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter whatever. Ah, I'm getting pumped already. Woo! Sorry, there's a lot of noise. but Because um, you're not making any noise so much. So I'm, I'm just preaching to myself, as, as Pastor Jake always says. Now, he had a dream, and then they were like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bow down before you. And then verse 9 said, he dreamed another dream. My boy doesn't learn. He went and told his brothers. <laughs> 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 he told his brothers again. But not this time, even his dad as well. It was like, dad, I had a dream. Basically, you're all going to bow down before me. And then dad was like, whoa, whoa, I rebuke that. <laughs> but then, you know, his, his father kept that matter in mind. And then verse 18 Fast forward a little bit, they were out there working, and then the brothers saw him afar off, from afar, and then they said, there's that dreamer, there's that dreamer boy. Let's get a shank. Let's get, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, so bear with me, bear with me. We're all, we're all young in this place today. But let's get a weapon, let's get some tools, you know, let's, 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 let's create some plots, evil plots against him. He's not going to know, but guess what, God knows. God already knows what your enemy is planning right now, right where you're here right now. I wonder if some of you here just found that courage to wake up today and go, I have no energy, I'm so drained. But you know what? I, I'm going to go. I've been suffering for, for this. I've been so low in, in, for many years. But perhaps for some of you, this is, this, is, this is sort of the last straw, the last option. But you found that courage to be here. So well done for that. Well done for that. You are, you are brave and you are courageous. So they saw me far off and then before he even got near them, and then everyone said, dream is coming. Let's just kill him, cast him into some pit, and we shall say some wild bees has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. And then Reuben heard it and Reuben said, let's, let's not do that. Let's just, let's just throw him into this pit because Reuben had a plan of maybe getting him out later on. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph off of his tunic, of his robe, his beautiful robe. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. And then they, his brothers, sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked and there was a company of Ishmaelites. And then Judah said to his brothers, what, what do we get? What benefit do we get if we kill this dude? <laughs> She's laughing. It's like, you can tell I'm not like Pastor Julian. I'll forever be youth pastor. And then Judah said to his brothers, what? Uh, what do we get if we kill him? We won't get anything. So why don't we just sell him instead to the Ishmaelites? And that means, because he, he's a brother in flesh. And his brothers actually listened. Then the Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt, and that's why we're going to leave that today. Today, the title of my message is Blessed in the Pit. Blessed in the Pit. Everybody say, Blessed in the Pit. Turn to the person next to you, say, Blessed in the Pit. The other person say, Blessed in the Pit. Blessed in the Pit. Just like Joseph you are predestined for greatness. Greatness is coming. 
I love this. I love the response. All of us have a pit. We all have a challenge. If you're sitting here today and thinking, no, 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 my life is all good. I have, I have no challenge. Then perhaps your heart is a pit. Maybe your perception is the pit. The pit is designed to cause frustration, to cause anxiety, to cause fear and worry. That's what the pit does. It causes distractions. It causes you to look the other way. This month of prayer and fasting, when you've, been, when you've been fasting and you've been believing for something, and you can really get a sense that God is doing something. He's, he's renewing your mind. He's transforming your heart. He's, he's, he's increasing inside you and you're decreasing. That's when the pit comes and goes, just, just go back to the old ways. Just, just one day. Just one day. Go on, you can just have another drink. Oh, it's fine. Just, just another one. Oh, you know, you were talking about, like, you had this bad habit of talking behind people's back. Just, it's all right. <laughs> it's your best friend. It's, you can, it's all right. They'll get over it. The pit is designed to cause all of that. But we have the mind of Christ, and through the Holy Spirit, we have insight to God's thoughts and plans. And His plans and is good. His thoughts are good for us. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to multiply. He wants abundance and prosperity in our life. He's a God of healing. That is the thought of God. There is zero, zero darkness in Him. He's all light. It is all light and it is all good. It's all great. That's the God that we serve. Maybe you're sitting here today like, whoa, what, what did I come to? Who's this God? I am going to introduce you to Him today. Trust me. <laughs> but... As Christians, you know what? As people of faith, that's the God that we have. That's the God that we can look to any time of the day and know that He will deliver. He will perform. Let's see the pit as an opportunity to build our faith. See the pit as an opportunity to build our faith. You can see it as a distraction. You can see it as a... Um, a little bit of darkness, but hey, see it as an opportunity. I've come to the point in my life, and I'm still learning. I think none of us, it'd be very um, ignorant for someone to say, oh, I know it all, the Bible, I know everything now. Oh, I'm good, I'm good now. There's nothing to improve, there's nothing to develop. I, I believe that, you know what, the Word of God continuously and constantly and consistently works in us. I've come to the point in my life that when a battle comes or when I can foresee something, I think through the Spirit, and I'm like, God, how do you see this? This thing is coming up. Oh, there's this, there's this bill that's come up. Like, what happened to my car? Okay, how? okay I'm not going to be distracted. Let me take a step back. Let me go to the Father and go, God, talk to me. How do we see this one? What's, what's the end goal? What are you going to do out of it? Ah, opportunity, opportunity. Most of the time, God says, opportunity. Watch what I'm going to do right there right there. You know what? You thought you will lack, but you will have more than enough. See it as an opportunity. However, we got to armor up. Everybody say, armor up. up. I've written down here, we have no control over the plots of the enemy, but the level of our faith must lead our response, which then determines how we come out of the pit. Joseph Joseph didn't choose the evil plots, the betrayal, the false imprisonment, 
the accusations, the hatred, the anger. He didn't choose any of that, but that's what life threw at him. Sometimes long-term Christians get so stuck in their mindset. Sometimes we get distracted, but our distraction is not in our personal life. Our distraction sometimes comes from other people, that we end up sometimes judging other Christians. We get some new Christians, and when I say new, maybe they've been Christians for three months, six months, sometimes years, and we're so easy to walk in the door in church and think, oh, that person shouldn't be wearing that. Oh, that person is doing, oh, why are they doing that? What is God speaking to you today? This is not just a message. I pray that you open your heart. I pray that soften your heart. Open your heart today. If you, come, if you came here, you're like, I already know it all. Then there's nothing to, to, to work with. There's no grounds to work with. <sighs> now it's done. Right, my first point. A God-given dream will be fulfilled. God is committed to fulfilling his words. He Joseph had a dream. He was a dreamer. And it's easy for us to dream sometimes. I've had dreams and I thought, oh, that's a great dream. I wonder, I wonder oh, I can see the end goal. Oh, or maybe I'll get it there in six months or one year. And we start set, setting times for it. But the time is not really according to us. The time is according to God's timing. The God's timing is perfect. But a God-given dream will be fulfilled. And there is no thought, no plan, no insight that can succeed against the plans of the Lord. If you put something in your heart, a gift, a dream, maybe you've completed the dream wall and you're like, I'm going to believe for this. Whether that's healing, whether that's um, abundance, whether that's salvation for somebody. God's gifts and call are irrevocable. It says that in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, it cannot be changed. It cannot be reversed. It cannot be withdrawn for his word is final. Amen. I don't know whose word is this for today. It's like your dream, God has already blessed it. God is already there. It's already in the palm of his hand. He, he's, he does, he's not forming. He's not creating. He's not withholding it back from you. It's already there. You just need to claim it. God just going there. It's already here. It's already here. Thank you. Like claim it. All you, all you need to do is just claim it. You've been, you've been dreaming. You've been claiming. You've been acting upon your flesh. But guess what? It's already, I've given it to you. Claim it. Claim it. How to know if it is a God dream? Maybe some of you are thinking, how do I know if it's a God dream? It's a God-given dream. And I was studying this, and I think over the years, I thought, I've asked myself the same question. It's like, how, how do I know if it's, if it's actually my dream, just um, from my flesh, or if it's God's dream? And I thought, let me ask a different question. What does God want from this? And then I've come to the conclusion that it is the heart. Your heart. The dream is just a, an outcome. It's just a, an avenue. The dream is just a, like a little outlet. But at the end of it all, he wants your heart. He wants to draw near to you. He wants you to draw near to him. He wants to be close to you. You know what? You can run away so far away from God, but guess what? He's there chasing you. He will follow you. He says goodness and mercy will, it will follow you for the rest of your life. That is, that is God. That is the God that we serve. Maybe some of you here, you know what, Tim? I, I don't know. I, I've kind of 
backslidden. It's a, it's a you know, Christian term, just turning the back from God. I've, I've gone to the world and I've done the worldly things. But you know what? Today is a day of turning around. Today is a day that you can return. You can return to God. He's not far. He is so reachable. He's right there. But he wants your heart. In the process of building that dream and fulfilling his word, he also is connecting with your heart. He's saying, there are a few things that we need to fix, Tim. So let me, let me work with that and watch and see what I will do. I will show myself strong and able. I will show myself that I am the only one who can do all things, who can make a way when there is no way. But he wants your heart. You know, first fruits next week, it says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. So as we give next week in our first fruits, you know what? Go, go above and beyond. Stretch a little bit. Because God wants your heart. God doesn't want you to be comfortable. He wants to know, hey, it's time to level up your faith a little bit now. Level up your faith. In Genesis 39, 2 to 5, so let's continue with the story of Joseph, the life of Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He was like the house overseer. So even out of the pit... God upgraded him. The upgrade doesn't stop. God went, I'm going to level you up. It may not look like it for you right now, but guess what I'm going to do? This, please, Potiphar, so he, made, he made him become a, a personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And from the day Joseph was put in charge, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. And all his household affairs ran smoothly and they all flourished. The Lord was with Joseph, favor left, right, and center. Whose, whose word is that here today? You know, the Lord is, is with Leonard. The Lord is with Sally. The Lord is with me. Declare that. Say, say your name. Say, the Lord is with Tim. The Lord is with me. And he will bless everything that I touch, everything. All my areas of influence is blessed. They're not even Christians yet, but they will be. But they will, they'll be blessed. They will be blessed left, right, and center. Because that's, that's part of God fulfilling his word. That's, God, that's part of God's faithfulness. However, is when we come to, to do a little bit of work. Favor, it didn't just come out of nowhere. Joseph's faithfulness, diligence, hard work, and perseverance equals and equaled to success in everything that was given to him. So if you write in the notes, take this down. Faithfulness, diligence, hard work, and perseverance. Amen. Equal to success in everything that God was, that had given to him. There was no attitude there. There was no complaining. There was no moaning. It was like, oh, do you tell me we have to come back to the office? But, oh. I love my pajamas and the green screen, you know, so you can see all the mess behind. <laughs> You're telling me I have to go back to the office. 
Christ-likeness does not moan or complain, just like Joseph. So when Joseph was made a, the house overseer, it didn't just stop there. For those of us, most of you know the story. His uh, Potiphar's wife tried to sort of lure him and tease him. It's like, hey, come, come and sleep with me. I'm telling you, the Bible is a, it's a good book. <laughs> it's a full of like, that can't happen to this day. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> there's this, the wife was like, come, lie with me. Because you know what, Joseph, Joseph was handsome and well built. The Bible says well built. See, even back then they were talking Southeast London language, you know. <laughs> Like, oh, Joseph was well built, innit? Just like your boy. <laughs> Joseph was well built. He was handsome. He was good looking. But you know what? Even when those temptations came, Joseph refused. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. And he didn't do it because that's against, that's against the, the, the house owner. He didn't do that because it's against what other people believed in. It's, he didn't do that because it's against God's will for his life. It's against, God, it's against God's word. It's like, no, I'm not even, and he says in the Bible that he, he did everything that he can to even, to even not create those circumstances. He, he refused to even look. He refused to even go near the woman. In Genesis 39, 12, it says, so Potiphar's wife pounds on Joseph, but he refused, he refused, he refused. And you know what? The enemy doesn't stop. It also said, as I was studying this, it said, day after day after day after day, this temptation came. I wonder how many of us here today is day after day. Bills are coming. Unexpected uh, outgoings are coming. Day after day, this sickness, this pain is getting worse. Day after day. Something happening with my family, and then now my child is this, and then my husband is this. Day after day, he was attacked. He was tempted, but he did not give in. He refused because Joseph knew who he was in Christ. He was accused for doing the right thing. He was then put in prison after, after so many lies and said, oh, look at this Hebrew guy that he brought in. You know, he did this. Joseph was like, I didn't do that. But you know what? You do whatever you want because I, I'm right with God. I'm a righteous man. But after all the lies, after all the bad mouthing, after all the plots that people, that the enemy have against you, still do the right thing. Don't, don't listen to the BS. Bad seed. <laughs> Lord, I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> the bad seed that these people keep putting in, the bad seed that the people are investing in and sowing to your life, none of that BS. Refu <laughs> refuse, <laughs> refuse and faithfully serve that whatever happens, you will praise God. Wherever you are right now, faithfully serve God there. Faithfully give, faithfully sow, be faithful in your prayer. This new routine that you've got going, this new habit, be faithful in it. 
You've been reading your Bible every morning and you've never done that for years. Be faithful in it. Keep at it. Because there, there'll be a time that'll come. It's like, oh, um, you know, I have to do things. I have an early meeting. Actually, I woke up late. There is a way. There is a phone. You have a physical Bible. There's an audio. It's easy, but it's up to you. You just, you just tap into it. It's like, actually, I want to. If we want something, there is a way. It's a bitch. I hope this is not too challenging for some, but you know what? I, I want to I really challenge some people here today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 6. So faithfully give. Stay righteous. In your workplace, keep that integrity. When everyone else is doing, perhaps, you know, just taking something that's not really supposed to be taken, be the person that goes, no, nah, I'm good. I'll buy my own. When people are maybe coming in late and then the manager's getting mad, be the person that comes early. Be the person that smiles at people. Be the per- I saw a video yesterday. There was this teacher and then there was a CCTV outside the classroom and then the teacher was like drained, tired. And then right outside the door before he walked into the classroom, he just smiled. And he walked into that classroom and went, good morning. And then people asked him, he's like, why did you do that? And he said, because it's not about me. Who knows where my smile could be the first smile that that child got this week. Be that kind of Christian. Every pain, every suffering, every tear that Joseph experienced and suffered from, the Lord heard him. And I want to tell you today, the Lord hears you. The Lord hears you. Joy is here. Hope is here. Life is here. He hears you. Keep at it. Keep at it. Stay faithful. Your ability to serve determines your ability to reign, to reign over circumstances, to reign over your life. Your ability to serve determines your ability to to control your thoughts, to make them obedient to Jesus Christ. So stretch in your serving. God is a God of better. Everybody say better. better. God is a God of better. In Genesis 41.9. Fast forward a little bit. So Joseph was a dreamer. But he was also very good at interpretation. That was his gift. And uh, there were two prisoners with him when he got put into prison because of the, the woman. And in that, the two prisoners had a dream. And they were like, we got this dream. Do you think? And then Joseph was like, yeah, my God can you know, give you interpretations of that. Come. And then first dream was good. It was good. It was divine with three branches, and then it was, it was a good dream. And then Joseph translated that to, to this prisoner and said, in about three days' time, you're going to go back to your old position. You're going to be, yeah, right next to Pharaoh again. It's going to be good. You're going to be chief butler again. Well done. And then the other person heard it and said, oh, that's a good translation. It's a good interpretation. So let me bring in my dream. <laughs> so you're laughing because you're like, you know what's coming. And then 
my guy brought his dream to Joseph. And then <laughs> Joseph basically said, you're going to die, bro. <laughs> you're going to be hanged. And those things happened. Those things happened. But out of that, as I was reading this, the chief butler, he got his dream. He got his blessing. And then Joseph said to him, Joseph said to, to the guy who became chief, chief butler again, he said, don't, don't forget me. Remember me. Remember me. Please don't forget me when, you, when you're back in your position. You know, good guy, Joseph. Handsome, good-looking, well-built. Well-built, in it. Don't forget me. Did he forget him? Yes. yes, he did. He forgot him. But did he, though? In Genesis 41, 9, the chief butler remembered the young Hebrew. Because Pharaoh had a dream, and then he was like, oh, I need interpretation for this dream. Do you, does anybody know any guy? And the chief butler's like, oh, I remember. But this is, this is after two years. After two years. Mark, I remembered him. After two years, could be COVID actually. <laughs> this, yeah, could be COVID maybe. Maybe something happened in that time. But you forgot, you know, people forget. You had friends pre-COVID. And then now you're like, who are you? <laughs> but I wonder if God maybe wants to give you new friends. Maybe God wanted you to drop some relationships. Maybe God wanted to close some doors that no one can open. And maybe he wanted to open some new doors, some new friendships. It's like, I never thought I'd be friends with this guy, but we're best friends now because he draws me closer to God. I wonder. I wonder. But what struck me was that Joseph responds when he was brought up. He says, it's not in me. But God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph never took all the glory and all the credit. It's like he had a whole package. He was well built, innit? It was it was good looking. It was a good interpreter. It was he had a whole package. Yet he still says, "Nope, my God, I'm I'm just a bridge. I'm just a vessel. I'm just serving here. It's my God that does all of this." See, the pit may have looked empty. The pit may have looked dirty. Whatever that pit is in your life, it may look like there is no way out. It may look lonely at times, but the upgrade is coming. The upgrade is coming. The upgrade is coming. God is a God of better. He is a God of more. He is a God of greater, greater things. doesn't settle for good. He wants the best. He wants the best for you. You might think, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm happy, you know, working for my bed, waking up, <laughs> Netflix on the side. I'm content here. Life's good. Life's good. But hey, press in. God wants something better for you. Yeah. Young people, it's like, oh, I got given these predicted grades, like yeah, a couple of Bs and Cs. I, I think I'm happy with that. I can get into the unit I want. But hey, press in. Get those A's. Come on, get that level up a little bit. And then work, work. And the upgrade is coming. Be expectant for something better. 
Don't ask for something better. You already have what you need. God never gives you what you want. He will, he will always give you what, what you need, what your heart needs, what your mind needs. Don't ask for, for a better boss if you're in the work that you're in now. Schools, don't ask, oh, I wish I had a better teacher. No, that's the best teacher that you have right now. For bosses, that's the best boss that you have right now. Stay faithful there. Keep your integrity. Maybe some of you in your family, it's like, you know, you're looking, it's like, maybe it's time for a better. <laughs> Focus here. Stop looking at your partner. You already have the best wife. You already have the best husband. Don't look anywhere else. And trust me, temptations will come. Distractions will come and said, oh, how about this co-worker? You maybe just do that. Stay focused. Keep your eyes fixed. Stay faithful to your husband, to your wife. Stay faithful in your work. Don't ask for anyone better. All right, let me, let me touch some soft spots here a little bit because I really get to preach. Husbands, don't ask for a better wife. Better yourself. As the head of the house, you're supposed to lead your family. As the head of the house, you're supposed to lead your children. Be an example to your children. When other parents, other fathers are doing that, stay away from it. On Sunday mornings when there's just no strength there's no energy in you to go oh i don't know if i want to go to church hunch we just stay here you know be the person that goes nope as for me and my house we will serve the lord we will go to the house of the lord i think covid's made us relax a little bit made us relax made us too comfortable made us take the easy route but i'm so grateful for every father here today well done. Well done. Throughout Joseph's life, there's, there's been an upgrade. And then for us, let's, let's make this personal. I wonder, you know, thinking, okay, what does this upgrade look like for me? Is it like, you know, does it come in like in a Tesla, 22 play? <laughs> or a little Lambo? Your expectation of upgrade may be different from God's master plan. Speaking of cars, I had, um, I had a countryman last. Countryman's a car. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have like a butler called countryman. Countryman, you must serve. <laughs> so I had a mini countryman. And I loved the car. It was, you know, automatic. I could text. No, no, not text. I could. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. I don't do that. I don't do that. Bluetooth. I had a countryman. Loved the car. Two litre diesel. And then all this ULEX, ULEX, ULED stuff. I'm like, oh, man. I've got to sell it. <laughs> You'll have to pay fees and charge. So I sold it. I was like, oh, let me upgrade. What's the next one? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a little Range Rover. But I don't have the money for it yet. <laughs> but I was like, God, what, what do I need at this time? What's, what's the next upgrade? And then God gave me a beautiful, beautiful 2009 Honda Civic. 
It's not even the top package. Yeah, they're con, but... I think he had power steering. I think he has power steering. But I got a Honda Civic from a beautiful mini countryman. And I thought, Joseph's life from the outside doesn't look like a life of upgrade. He was living nicely, you know, in the fields with his brothers, chilling. And then he was put in a pit. How is that an upgrade? And then after that, he was sold as a slave. Bruh, I'd rather stay in a pit. And then climb up or something like that. But, and then after that, it was like, okay, maybe, yeah, this is our great head of the house. And then he gets accused for sleeping with somebody else's wife. How is that an upgrade? He gets thrown into prison. How is that an upgrade? And then many preachers talk about the palace at the end. It's like, yeah, it's a palace. But I want us to look at the, the progress, the process there, how he got there. And I thought, God doesn't ask for our permission on who or what he can use to fulfill his word. <laughs> the God who created heavens and earth, the God who knows, who knows all the stars by his name, the God who knows every creature on earth, the God whose, whose lightning goes, hey, I'm lightning, where should I strike, God? That God, do you think, goes, uh, Leonard, do you know that um, you had like, some like in the bank account. Can I use that? You think they'll go, nah, not that one. Nah. <laughs> oh, you know that, that sickness? I know this, that cough and it's like it's been going over years and then now it's affecting some parts of your body as well. And you think I can use that? I wonder if we're too easy to solely rely on a doctor's reports, solely rely on what people say. Let me take this on the surface level a little bit. Solely rely and quickly rely on what Google says, what WebMD says. And we forget to look at the source first and go, what does God say about sickness? What does God say about prosperity? What does God say about lack? He doesn't ask for our permission. He will use whatever he wants. I encourage you to change your prayer. Change your prayer. Tweak your prayer a little bit. Thank you. And say, God, I am open. I'm open to your options, to your thoughts, your plans. I have this plan to go this way for this. Uh, you know, I still plan to go to my hospital appointments. It's good. I still plan to these job interviews and stuff. But let your will be done in my life, God, because you know you, you want the best for me. And in my life, I can only speak from personal experience, there's been times that I make decisions, especially big decisions, and I'm like, I look back and I think, did I really, did I ask God first? Did I spend just, just some time in prayer? And sometimes those things that, that fails, are because there was no foundation there, it was the wrong route. Now, the good thing is that even when I make those decisions, God still goes, that wasn't my plan for you, bud, but oh, come on, let's just divert a little bit. I'm still with you. The Lord was with you. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is still with you, Tim. I'm going to take you around. Yep, it's a slightly long way, but it's all right. I'm with you in every step. My prayer is 
to be stripped off every material possession. It's some bold prayers I'm praying, seriously. Because I'm like, oh man, I've never prayed prayers like this before. I pray it, but I haven't really prayed it. But my prayer is to be stripped off every material possession, every weight, every desire of the flesh, until all I want and need is Jesus. Until nothing else can satisfy my soul but Jesus. I wonder if you're in the middle of an upgrade right now. But God wants you to just tweak a few things. Tweak some things a little bit. I can't end this, this preach today without talking to young people. Young people, let me talk to you for a second. We all had adversities. We all had hardships. We all had challenges. Growing up, we, we had individual challenges. But you know, God will never give you something that you can't handle. God will never give you something that he hasn't already won and he's already paid for. And there's already victory in it. But young people, so sometimes... You come, up with a, you come up in a hurdle, with a hurdle in front of you, a block, you're like you don't know what to do, you panic, you turn to your friends, you turn to other people, even family members sometimes, you turn, it's like, oh, just do this and do that. If that doesn't work, you choose the extreme option and say, maybe, the, maybe this life is not for me. Maybe I should do things to hurt myself. Maybe this God-given life, this precious life, maybe, maybe it's time to end it. Young people, we came, we had challenges. Every person here today, every adult, I'm just speaking to this because we've seen so many people, we've seen so many young people, you know, we've, we've lost in, in suicide. Let's just, let's just be real here today. But that's not God's plan for you. God's, God's purpose for you is good, and it's only good. And I want to say to you today, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. It's short term. It's temporary. The upgrade is coming. The upgrade is coming. But sometimes you have to jump. Young people, you have to jump sometimes. When you're in your bedroom, when it's just between you and God, when no one else can help, sometimes you just jump. Sometimes you just have to cry out to God and say, God, I'm open. God, do what you want to do. God, do what only you can do. I put my whole trust in you. Counselors don't work. I put my whole trust in you. You are the greatest counselor. It's temporary, young people. It's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. My last point today is to live a blessed life, you have to drop the baggage. Drop the baggage. What do you need to leave behind today? What do you need to leave behind today? See, out of the pit, when Joseph came out of the pit, his beautiful robe that was given to him, it was all ripped. It was taken from him. It was stolen. He was accused. Sorry, he was accused. He was, he was um, told lies. They said to his dad, oh, wild beast. Had him. And then after that, he had to wear clothes of a slave. And then he was then put in prison. It's dirty. Definitely didn't smell good. But what do you need to leave behind today in order for you 
to then wear a new garment, to put on the robes of righteousness, to put on a new jacket, a new coat that says, I am a child of God, to put on a new coat and says they may come one way, but they will flee seven ways. What is that? What do you need to take off? What do you need to leave behind today? Because Joseph, in every phase of his life, he had to change. He had to adapt. He didn't stay in the pit. He put on his garments of salvation. I encourage you to prophesy 2022 that it is God's year. Where God of faithfulness will never leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you, nor leave you in the pit. It's time for upgrade. It's time for favor. This is a year of freedom. It's a year of multiplication. You've been robbed enough from the enemy. It's time to reclaim and take back every possession. Double it, triple it, multiply it, God. It is a God of breakthroughs. Whatever it is that you need to leave and to drop, it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, fear has to leave. Maybe there's fear of exploring uh, for maybe a new job after being stuck for so long in this toxic environment. Maybe it's a fear of having children. It's like, I don't know if we have enough. Uh, You'll never have enough. You'll never be ready. I don't have kids, but you'll never be ready. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, depression has to leave. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, anxiety has to leave. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, lack has to leave. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, God's gift comes, but it comes in a package. But to get that package, you have to drop the baggage. That's it. I don't know whose word is this today, but it's my prayer that, you know what, I've been praying for this for weeks, and I'm like, God, even if it's just like one person, let it, let it sink into your heart. There's that small, still voice that's going. It's time for you to come back. It's time for you to accept Jesus. You've been trying so many things. Maybe perhaps for some of you, it's like, it's that, it's that reminder because you've forgotten for so long that God is king, that God reigns, that God is faithful God. Just while we're in this atmosphere, can I just ask everyone to close your eyes and I strongly believe that there are some people here today who have never given their life to Christ and they're like, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you don't need to change anything. Just come as you are. So right in this place, if you're sitting here today thinking, yeah, this is, I feel like there's that, there's that something in me that, that wants to to trust this new way. I want to know more about this Jesus. I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond right now. We'd love to speak to you at the end. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or anything. We just want to give you something to kickstart your journey, to help you, maybe pray with you.
you're sitting here today and you want to accept Jesus into your life, into your heart, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and you can put it down. One, he is a good God. He's he's a faithful God. Two, after so many options, maybe at the end of your rope, this is the day. Three, if you want to accept Jesus today, just put your hand up. Yep, thank you, I see you. You can put it down. Is there anyone else? If you want to say, yep, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you. Is there anyone else? All right, we're going to say this prayer. We're all, we're all going to say it out loud. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Thank you that I am forgiven. And from this day on, I want to live for you. Come into my heart and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, that's it. Thank you, Leah. Let's give God a round of applause.